Good morning, home builders. Somebody's listening, so you can hear me okay in the back table, I guess. So, just in case you're not aware, Lou's not here today, that's why I'm up here. Have we got any visitors here today? Is anybody here for the first time? No. Because I had a disclaimer if there are any visitors. So, even if, since you're not visitors, make sure you keep coming back because Lou is teaching this topic called Practical Living. And he does a phenomenal job, so we want to make sure that we hear from him. Thanksgiving is this week. Who's traveling this week? Anybody? Quite a few people, so we got to keep that in prayer. What are you thankful for? Real quick, just blurt it out. Family. Family and friends. Family. What else? Good health. Good health. What else? This Say it again. This class. This class. That's a wonderful blessing to, to all of us, for sure. At least with news news here. Your grandson. I can I can say praise the Lord for that this year too. What else? What are you thankful for? Freedom for worship. That's something that we may have taken for granted and, and maybe we shouldn't because maybe those freedoms are going to be taken from us at some point. I didn't hear that. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Every year when we do Thanksgiving, not every year, but often if it comes up, that's something that I am always thankful for because I blow it so many times. So I'm thankful for forgiveness. It's been a few years since I've spoken to you, but I used to do it at least twice a year, typically for Thanksgiving and typically for Father's Day. And so I look back in my notes and I've got so many different messages or what I talks prepared for being thankful and for Father's Day. And uh, some of you haven't been here when I've spoken on those, so I was considering doing some of the same material and I chose not to. Um, but what I am gonna do for this intro, Couple of things. Just, just briefly, I want you to know I'm going to let this out early today because my wife tells me everybody loves it when they get let go early. So it's my goal. I've got too much information to share, but don't worry. I'm going to get you out before 12 o'clock. I don't know how many minutes before 12, but before 12. Here's a story that I came across that was meaningful to me. And it's um, something that maybe it could apply to all of us. So listen to this. If I can get through it, some of you know Mark Hine. I might pull a Mark Hine on this. So we'll see. Love and how do we treat other people. We were the only family with children in the restaurant. I sat Eric in a high chair and noticed everyone was quietly sitting and talking. Suddenly, Eric squealed with glee and said, hi. He pounded his fat baby hands in the high chair tray. His eyes were crinkled in laughter and his mouth was barred in a toothless grin as he wriggled and giggled with merriment. I looked around and saw the source of his merriment. It was a man whose pants were baggy with a zipper at half mast and his toes poking out of the would-be shoes. His shirt was dirty and his hair was uncombed and unwashed. 
His whiskers were too short to be called a beard. His nose was so varicose it looked like a road map. You get the picture, somebody that's a little less than desirable, perhaps. We were too far from him to smell, but I was sure he smelled and not pleasant. His hands waved and flapped a loose wrist. Hi there, baby. Hi there, big boy. I see you, Buster, the man said to Eric. What if this is you? Would you kind of be nervous? What's going to happen next? I know I would be. My husband and I exchanged looks. What do we do? Eric continued to laugh and answer. Hi. Everyone in the restaurant noticed and looked at us and then at the man. The old geezer was creating a nuisance with my beautiful baby. Our meal came and the man began shouting from across the room. Do you patty cake? Do you know peekaboo? Hey, look, he knows peekaboo. Nobody thought the old man was cute. He was obviously drunk. My husband and I were embarrassed. We ate in silence, all except Eric, who was running through his repertoire of the admiring skid row bum, who in turn reciprocated with his cute comments. We finally got through the meal and headed for the door. My husband went to pay the check and told me to meet him in the parking lot. The old man sat poised between me and the door. Lord, I said, just let me get out of here before he speaks to me or Eric. As I drew closer to the man, I turned my back, trying to step, sidestep him and avoid any air he might be breathing. As I did, Eric leaned over my arm, reaching with both arms in a baby's picking up position. Before I knew it, Eric had propelled himself from my arms to the man. The man. Suddenly, a very old, smelly man and a very young baby consummated their love and kinship. Eric, in an act of total trust, love, and submission, laid his tiny head upon the man's ragged shoulder. <clears throat> this is where I become a little bit like Mark Hine. <laughs> the man's eyes closed, and I saw tears, however, beneath his lashes. His aged hands, full of grime, pain, and hard labor, cradled my baby's bottom and stroked his back. No two beings had ever loved so deeply for such a short amount of time. I stood awestruck. The old man rocked and cradled Eric in his arms, and his eyes opened and set squarely on me. He said in a firm, commanding voice, you take care of this baby. Somehow I managed, I will, from a throat that contained a stone. He pried Eric from his chest, lovingly and longingly, as though he were in pain. I received my baby and the man said, God bless you, ma'am. You've given me my Christmas gift. I said nothing more than a muttered thanks. With Eric in my arms, I ran to the car. My husband was wondering why I was crying and holding Eric so tightly, and why I was saying, my God, my God, forgive me. I had just witnessed Christ's love shown through the innocence of a tiny child who saw no sin, who made no judgment, child who saw a soul and a mother who saw a suit of clothes. I was a Christian who was blind, holding a child who was not. I felt it was God asking, are you willing to share your son for a moment when he shared his, when he shared his for all eternity? How did God feel when he put his baby in our arms 2,000 years ago? The ragged old man unwittingly has reminded me, to enter the kingdom of God, we must become the little children. Sometimes it takes a child to remind us of what's really important. We must always remember who we are 
came from, and most importantly, how we feel about others. The clothes on your back or the car that you drive or the house that you live in does not define you at all. It is how you treat your fellow man that identifies who you are. Thank you, Jennifer. See, I had a backup plan. <laughs> I know myself too well. That story is meaningful to me. Maybe it is to you. But sometimes that's going to happen to us, right? We're going to be reminded of what true Christian love is. Too often I get caught up into what, what that just described. You know, associating with people who are like us. You know, measuring their value. You know, do they drive the right car? Do they wear the right clothes? Are they enjoyable to be around? And that's so contrary to what the Bible teaches. Not that it's wrong. I mean, it's, I get it. And we all get it. You know, it's, it's good to have relationships with people who are similar to us. But what would be wrong would be for us to judge others who are not at that same level. Um, let me encourage you. This, these aren't my words. It's coming from the Bible. Recognize those who need love and be willing to give it. I don't know what that's going to look like. God does. And God and the Holy Spirit can help us give the kind of love that people deserve. Um, I'm going to continue Lou's lesson. It's not his information, it's mine. And it's not to replace anything he's going to teach. It's more of like keeping the idea going while he's gone. He started last week a series called Living the Practical Christian Life or Practical Christian Living. We're going to explore that just a little bit. Let me encourage you, though. I think, um, I don't know when Pastor Appreciation Sunday was. It was recent, but we didn't do anything for Lou and Cheryl. Um, I would encourage you. It might be a good time to do that. Do something. Let me explain why. There's a few people in here who understand what it takes to get up and talk like this. We, we talk for less than an hour. It'd be 30 minutes, 40 minutes. But so much time, from my perspective, and I'm not, my, my point is, just hear me just for a moment. It isn't at all about me. My point is, Lou and Cheryl have done this for over 30 years. Will and Jennifer, is it 30 years? Is it 32 years? Do you recall? 30, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember when it was 26 years, a few years. They've been doing this for 30 years, and let me tell you, yes, Lou's gifted. Yes, he's talented. Yes, he has a career where he's in the Word and he's teaching. I, I get all of that. But let me just tell you, hours and hours and hours of time go into preparing for this. And it's something they do with no compensation and no expectation. I would encourage you, if God lays something on your heart, do something to show appreciation to them for that. Um, Will, you spoke up here. Paul, you spoke up here. You, you know the time and effort you put into this. Um, but I tell you, Luke does it every day, almost every, every weekend for 30 plus years. Uh, he doesn't expect it. He would be mortified if he knew I was even suggesting this. But I would encourage you to do something for them just to show your appreciation. We're going to kick off the class. Let me open up with prayer. And then Donna will come up with our announcements.